Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizard on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. <laughs> and we are we are coming to you live from the Beverly Hilton, uh, or live pre-recorded from the Beverly Hilton, where uh, we are on day 11 of TCAs, uh, which I know you never tire of hearing us talk about. You're all very familiar with. Yep, but point is, we're in this hotel. Well, we're visiting this hotel every day. We live, we, we, we work every day in a ballroom. We do not escape the ballroom. The ballroom is all we know. It is the only place that is safe. It is the only place we understand. It is the only place filled with things that interest us and tell us things, that tell us about the future. This is what we tell ourselves to get through it. I mean, they don't have Twin Peaks, so I mean, the ballroom is kind of... It's disappointing. They had Twin Peaks at one point. The ballroom had Twin Peaks once. Not that ballroom. It was a different ballroom. That's true. Um, but it could have ball, the ball. The ballroom could have it again. You never know. Not this year. Not this year. Point is, we are surviving t- t- TCAs, and one of the things that's been coming up a lot is you know, and not just in within the context of TCAs, but also just in general within the context context of the TV landscape is. All of these smaller uh, streaming platforms, digital channels, what have you, that are full of real, at times, really interesting shows. And so, unfortunately, though, like, they don't necessarily get seen. And we kind of have a philosophical question uh, that may sound familiar. If a, if a television, a great television show is on a platform or network that no one either pays to access or knows how to access, does it exist? Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. That phrase. Yeah. That question. Yep. Yeah, terrible. It's it, it's it's really like you know, a, a one for the ages, and I think the the only the way I got Ben interested in talking about this is because of his beloved kingdom, uh, the direct the Direct TV slash AT and T slash Audience Network series that uh, recently concluded. And Ben, how could you watch? Uh, what was the way in which you could watch Kingdom? Oh, it's very simple. This, uh, it's easy. You yeah. just you, you you call up Directv mm-hmm. and you say, "I want Directv." Right. And then they give it to you, and then you just watch Kingdom. Only Kingdom. That's yeah. I mean, you could watch other channels, but in order to access Kingdom, you had to have Directv. So that's it. Like that's as, uh, it's not complicated, but uh, but it is challenging. And how much does it cost? Oh, I have no idea. DirecTV is expensive. You could, I think the cheapest you could get it would be that uh, this year they unveiled the DirecTV Now streaming option uh, where you don't need a satellite dish, and I think that was 35 a month. And that came with like 40 channels. I'm pretty sure that came with Audience Network because obviously that's DirecTV's channel. So. One would hope. But yes, it was, uh, that was it. I mean, so you covered the show pretty. You, I think, from the beginning, like. I did. Um, and you know, in in terms of covering it, like, what did you, you know? You came up, ran up against a fair number of obstacles. Well, it was it, it's something that's uh, that's challenging for me as a critic because I, I I like discussing shows that people can watch, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's not so much to say like, well, a show has low ratings, so it's not worth 
discussing or it's not worth reviewing or it's not worth bringing attention to. And, and in fact, it's very much the opposite. If it's if it's something that just doesn't have the viewership, then you want to make sure you are you know funneling as many people to it as possible if it's deserving of, of a bigger audience. But what's interesting with this question is that it's not a, a desire. It's not a question of desire. Uh, or even really capability. It's just a, a question of, of choice and money. And uh, it's not so much that you could even, like when, when I tell you to watch an Amazon show, technically, you know, uh, you'd have to shell out some money to buy Amazon. You can't even do a monthly plan on Amazon. You have to do the yearly option, right, to get Amazon Prime? Yeah, there's like a free trial, I'm sure. And they don't, do they sell their shows? Individually, like, could you buy it through Amazon and, and watch it, uh, as opposed to buying Amazon Prime and streaming it? My guess is yes, um, but I would have to double check that. But that's usually the case. Usually, there's other ways to access programs. I mean, even iTunes. If I tell you to watch a show that you don't get, like, if it's on Showtime or if it's on HBO, um, usually there's ways to buy just that show. There is usually, like, as a default, like, you can buy, like, a single episode of a certain program. And it's only going to cost you, it's only going to cost you 20 bucks, probably. Maybe, maybe 25 or 30. I mean, it, like, it gets, yeah, it gets up there. Like, in, for me personally, if buying 30 bucks for a, season, a digital season of television feels steep, um, just because there's no physical object. I'd, if I'm going to spend 30 bucks on, like, say I want to watch the first season of ER, I'm sure I can find a used copy of the D- the first season DVDs on Amazon for thirty bucks or less, versus you know paying thirty bucks for a you know well, we're, di- we're digital. Skewing away we're skewing. We're skewing away. The point being is it, that most of these things have access, and the and the the immediate access is what makes it possible for these shows to be seen and watched and and drive viewership and to continue on and et cetera et cetera. Um, but with with Kingdom, that wasn't an option. You could not. You could buy the DVDs if you wanted to order them at well after the season was out. Uh, you could order them online. You go to a store and you could buy them, and they could show up, and you could use a DVD player and watch them. Um, and I did need to explain that because that's just not something that a lot of people do anymore. Um, but you could not buy them on iTunes, and you could not stream them anywhere else. They, really, they were not available except to drive uh, audience to Directv. So you're literally being asked to invest $35 a month. Um, technically, now, I, I, I don't know exactly how it's set up. You might be able to get that streaming option of DirecTV for one month and binge all of Kingdom and be done with it, and then it would only cost you $35 in total, similar to you know buying the seasons individually. Uh, but if you wanted to watch it week to week, or uh, you, you didn't have the option to spend $2 per episode, you had to spend $35 a month for three years. Um, so it, it was a much bigger investment, which people were very aware of who made Kingdom, um, and they, you know, they loved their network, and they loved their production studio for you know, supporting them and putting them on and, and you know, letting them do whatever they wanted to do. But it was always a challenge in trying to get people to pay attention to the show because it's it's... It's so easy to write off television shows as an audience member once you just realize you don't get it. A lot of conversations that I have at parties and that I know Liz has at parties um, is when we talk to somebody and we're talking about a show and they get really excited and they're like, okay, so how do I watch it? And you tell them an answer. And if they don't have that, like even if it's just I don't have Amazon, right? that's the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. There, isn't a, there isn't like a, okay, well, someday I will watch that. I'm going to write it down or I will buy Amazon for whatever and, and check it out. It's usually just over. Like if they don't have access to it by whatever um, established 
way they hand, like they, they've already set up. Right. Um, it's just not going to happen. Getting people to change their habits is a really tough thing. I remember when we first started covering The Handmaid's Tale, which is a show I was very big on right from the beginning. Um, I was super nervous about it just because I wasn't sure, like, I, you know, like who because Hulu doesn't report their numbers, I don't know how many people actually subscribe. And, like, you know, I know people who do. I know people who don't. It's But it's not a given the same way that Netflix is. Yeah, and well, so, we, we don't know how many people subscribe. We don't know how many people are watching Right. The shows, like as opposed to watching so many of the options that they get from broadcasts. That's right. I mean, I mean, they don't report numbers on how much get people are watching, and that means that you know I don't. I was worried that no one would be excited about The Handmaid's Tale. Fortunately enough, that wasn't the case. We've had it. It was really exciting to see people respond to it. Um, How many Emmy nominations? Thirteen. Yeah, something like that. Pretty good number. Yeah, not bad. So, I mean, it, in all those respects, it's been, that's been great. But, you know, meanwhile, like, we're looking at uh, the launch of a network like CBS All Access. Um, and by saying, looking at the launch of it, even though basically it's been out for quite some time, and they've already had one major original series premiere, um, The Good Fight. And I remember very much, you know, grappling with the question of, in The Good Fight, when I was writing my Good Fight review, I was like, I, I'm enjoying the show thoroughly. It's very much ticking off all the boxes that uh, I needed. I, that ticked off that I enjoyed uh, getting ticked off by the Good Wife. Ticked off is not the right phrase there, and I don't. It, it, this is it, that got away from me a little bit. But point is, is that um, Good Fight was I really enjoyed. But did I enjoy it enough to say to people, Hey, this is worth six ninety nine of your month of your money every month, and. Now that and because it was the only major original on the net on the network, otherwise it's like, hey, you can catch up on Bull, um, <laughs> and uh, that was not something. I mean, as I actually don't hate the show Bull. That was I'm, I'm no, I don't mean to slam Bull. Michael Weatherly is great, um, but the point is, is that now I'm so I wasn't able to really fully recommend the Good Fight just because I wasn't necessarily sure. Like, it didn't feel right. Exactly, but now that they're launching Star Trek Discovery, another show which a show which I'm very excited about once again, and feels very much like something where it's like this time maybe maybe it's maybe I'll feel good about saying yes you must you must pay this money, and they've actually the producers have been pretty pretty direct about the fact that like they know that this show has to be better than other shows that the other 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 they it knows they know have to they have to be at a certain quality, level of quality. Because they know that people have to pay money to watch it. Yeah, and you would hope that, you know, that's that's the, the driving force for everybody. It's like, if it's just good enough, then you're going to figure out a way to, to check it out. And, you know, when I'm reviewing TV shows, you know, kind of like I talked about, if it's something where I think it's a great show and deserving of a wider audience, whether it's, you know, being, whether it's a difficult premise that's that might, you know, challenge ratings or if it's hard to access... Um, you know that that you just put your weight behind it and you say this is a great show, um, and then you know assess kind of the capability elsewhere. But uh, if it's a good show, hopefully people can seek it out. But it is an interesting secondary question once you've watched it to start thinking about, okay, but this is the only show they've got, and it's seven bucks a month, and they're releasing it weekly, and I don't know. Okay, so would I recommend the platform? It's not necessarily is the show great, but what, am I comfortable recommending people to buy 
YouTube Red. Is that right? YouTube Red is the uh, is another example of a, stri- a streaming service that requires your monies. Right, and it's got some new programming coming out, including a very appealing trailer for Ryan Hansen solves crimes on right? television. On television, Asterix. Did, is it crimes? Did I get Ryan Hansen solves crimes on television. Asterix. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I, uh, Liz, you've seen the episodes, I believe. Yeah. I, I only saw the trailer. The trailer was very good. Uh, Ryan Hansen is a very appealing person, as is Samira Wiley. Uh, both of these, you know, are good stars that if it was easy for me to watch, I would definitely check it out. Um, but it is, it, it invites another question after you decide, okay, it's a good show. I would recommend the show. Um, and then you have to consider as well, well, am I comfortable recommending this show at the, at the not recommending the show, but recommending the platform? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it comes down to. Is once once you've decided is the show worth recommending? Like, is the plat what plat- should the platform be a part of that review? Yeah, we it, need like even- a little ticker. We need like a you'll write a review for the show, right? And then um, if it's like the first show of a new platform, uh, that's like really you know like their their one shining beacon. You'll put that as a tally. You'll look over at uh, the price tag for the platform, and then. As they keep adding shows, you'll just eventually push it over the edge and be like, okay, now's the time you get YouTube Red. Like, once Star Trek comes out, maybe now's the time you get CBS All Access. Like, eventually they just go over the edge where it's like, all right, you kind of need this platform now, or at least you need to take it as seriously as you're taking other platforms uh, in terms of divvying up where your money goes every month. Yeah, I mean... Um, a major project that I've had in the works for quite some time is a, an evaluation, a ranking of all the streaming platforms, all the different various services that are available on a number of metrics. And there's a spreadsheet in the works and everything. Um, and it, someday I will have the time to finish it. Uh, but maybe after TCAs, who knows? Um, so, uh, so, but it, there's, there's, it's worth evaluating the platforms on this level, though. It's interesting, um, like, uh, the Ryan Hansen show is really good. Like, I've seen the first two episodes. It's really fun. The meta-comedy works. There's some some really fun twists to it. I keep saying the word fun. It's just fun. You know, at this point in my life, like, I, like, if I can just watch something that doesn't make me actively sad, that's that's kind of a blessing. Says the woman who just recommended The Handmaid's Tale for, like, four or five months in a row. There's there's hope. There, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, I stand by it. The point is, is that, well, that's why I need, that's why I need Ryan Hansen Saul's Crimes on television asterisks as a counterbalance. Um, so. It's an interesting puzzle to put together. All yeah. And all, when we've distanced ourselves, we've cut the cord, we're not accepting just the channels that are given to us via cable package because we don't want the cable package anymore, we don't want the satellite package anymore. Uh, we're trying to put it together ourselves, but it does take so much more effort, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of people who, understandably, I mean, TV is in everyone's life, who aren't willing mm-hmm. to, to make that sort of effort well, when it comes to switching this is the month I have Netflix and Netflix and then I'm going to cancel it for the next month and I'm going to have HBO and then I'm going to cancel that and I'm going to get stars and on every month I'm going to catch up on X show because I've heard that it's good and now I've got YouTube Red and now I've got CBS All X. It's a lot of work, guys. Yeah. I mean, I, for the record, you are a cord cutter, correct? I am, yeah. Yeah, I am not. Uh, so we, we represent both different perspectives. I personally just like feel very uncomfortable with the idea that I can't have instant access to anything I want because I am, in many ways, a spoiled child when it comes to television. Um, That's the thing. I mean, again, there's plenty of people who 
are still willing to pay for those services to make things easier on them. Um, but even even people who have cable packages now with these streaming options coming up, where they're literally only available that way, there is a there is another budgetary concern that you probably have to make. I mean, if you're well enough well off enough that you can just spend money willy nilly, then obviously this doesn't apply to you, and you just need to know what the good shows are, and that's what right. we're here for. We're going to tell you if you've got good shows and you can decide how to spend your money no matter what. Yeah. But I do feel like a majority of people who watch television aren't willing to just subscribe to everything because it's reached a point where you can't. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, even I don't subscribe to everything, um, and I subscribe to a fair amount. Uh, It's worth noting that I feel like a lot of times in this discussion, people talk, you know, like a lot of new platforms kind of approach, like they're approach creating their original content as, you know, this is our house of cards. This is going to be the thing that puts us on the map. And the unfortunate problem with that, you know, kind of declaration is that uh, when Netflix first launched House of Cards, first off, it was one of two options at that point. It was like Netflix and Hulu. Hulu would be very happy for me to say right now that it was, in fact, doing original content at the same time, if not earlier, actually. It had some originals um, on the on its platform even before, uh, well before House of Cards. Like 2009, they were doing something with Morgan Spurlock um, <clears throat> on the unscripted side. But point... Morgan. What? Morgan. Morgan. But anyways, point is... Um, Netflix. The, the reason Netflix made such a big splash was a they invested a crap ton of money, and I think those first two seasons of House of Cards they spent 120 million. That sounds like a number. That's right. Drop in the bucket these days. Drop in the bucket. But yeah, they spent a ton of money. They spent invested hugely in talent, and more importantly, and most importantly, I might argue, they had not only a well-established subscriber base, but the actual Netflix instant platform had been around for a couple of years and they'd worked out a fair number of the kinks. Like the thing, I think a lot of services can, you can never underestimate the importance of user experience when you're talking about streaming platforms. Like if a service sucks to use, you don't want to use it. Like you'll, like if you need to, like certainly on, in our case, like we, you know, if you ever hear critics bitch about uh, streaming services or screener sites, you know, this is basically what we're dealing with is bad user design or bad user interface. Um, but if you're a, pay, a paying customer, you deserve a, qual- a quality a use- usability ex- experience. I prefer the theory that House of Cards succeeded because it was a, a shitty weather weekend when it premiered. Really? Yeah. That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. I people, like it. People stayed inside. Sure. They wanted to watch something. They yeah. didn't want to go out to the store, so they just streamed House of Cards. Fair enough. Um... Does that explain how it got all those Emmy nominations? Well, yeah, actually it does, because it's been slowly proven over the years that if people watch something long enough, then they will give it Emmys. Hmm. How else do you explain House of Cards? Or, I'm sorry, let me redo that joke. Sure. How else do you explain Game of Thrones? Hey-o. Don't worry, guys. He wasn't going to let a week go by without slamming a show that millions of Americans love. Hey, I'm very happy that you guys love it. I don't want to derail your pleasure. I am just here to remind you that there are artistically superior options available. Like what? Twin Peaks. Hmm. How many dragons are in Twin Peaks? Irrelevant. Not to me. Maybe your judgment of artistic superiority is skewed, Elizabeth. Yeah, it's a sliding scale based on number of dragons. And this is probably a peek inside the mind of Emmy voters everywhere. <laughs> 
I do rep- I do I do seem to be strangely in line with the Academy's taste this year. God, God help you. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I think the most important thing is, I mean, great television is great television. But I mean, if you guys are listening to this and you have opinions about like what it takes for you to subscribe to a new streaming service, because I think that's really the question: is like, what does it take? What what it you know what what makes you change your mind about I've ha- I'm I'm sat makes you decide I'm no longer satisfied with my options. I need more. It's also interesting to me, and I mean, I'm sure everyone has their own thoughts on this, but you know, a lot of them will try to. Uh, I mean, look, they're trying to get you to subscribe in the in the long run, but they'll provide free sample periods so you can try out these shows. Right. Um, and I mean, I I individually, uh, if I wasn't critiquing them, like obviously I get we get sent one, two, four episodes at a time, and you know that's the end of it for a while. Um, if I if I didn't if I wasn't wasn't my job I wouldn't start a show unless I knew I could finish it mm-hmm. so those those kind of free months that they'll give you if they're releasing something weekly I'm not even going to sample it like Ryan Hansen might be great but if I can't if I know I'm only going to be able to watch a couple of episodes I'm probably not going to start it I need right. to be able to finish it um, so there's there's a lot of tricks and challenges and skewing tastes and odd decision making that goes into uh, you know what what it makes what makes for a, a streaming service what makes it accessible to people what right. makes it interesting what makes it worth the time um, and it's it's obviously a very challenging idea I mean with YouTube Red like you know there's also the advantage that you know it, it does include like some special bonuses like you know no more ads on your basic YouTube watching you would you can you can watch offline which is a nice feature especially if you're traveling along like there's in you know access to you know you wouldn't just get access to Ron Hansen you get access to the entire exciting YouTube Red Slate, doesn't that appeal? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, uh, I feel like Amazon's had success because a lot of people subscribe to Amazon Prime because they want the free two day shipping, and that's something that's obviously very useful to them. And they have the added benefit of they can watch you know whatever TVs and yeah. movies that come out on the service. But it's interesting because a lot of I mean, the, the questionable data that we're given, like the, the, the third-party organizations that try to provide ratings for these streaming giants, they typically say that Amazon is fairly low, like, it doesn't get a lot of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. A lot of the subscribers don't necessarily try it out, uh, or try out the, the, the prime viewing. So um, it's interesting kind of what triggers people and pushes them over the edge, even if they've already got it, too. Yeah. Man. I mean, come on, people, watch Red Oaks. How much do I got to talk about Red Oaks? I talk about it all the time. You do. Is there a third and final season? Uh, It hasn't been announced to be final, I don't believe. But there's a third season in production. Yes. Aw, you guys should see the smile on Ben's face as he said that. Guys, I can promise you, just to continue to alienate our dwindling fan base, I'm sure, uh, Paul Reiser in Red Oaks and the show, the third season of Red Oaks, I can guarantee you right now, is superior to Paul Reiser in Stranger Things Season 2. <laughs> Sight unseen on both counts. Yep. I have not seen either. I have no special insight. I do not know what's coming. I feel safe making that decree. Fair enough. In the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? God, Liz, great question. Um, I feel like I should be prepared for it. I'm it's not gonna, like we don't haven't done this 124 times beforehand. I'm pretty sure this is what I was going to talk about last week that I forgot to bring back up when I said what I was looking forward to. Sure. And I changed it to Kingdom. Right. 
the best thing I watched last week was Comrade Detective. Ooh. Um, explaining what Comrade Detective is took up probably 400 words of my review. Maybe more. But I will try to condense it and basically say that it is a... It's a cop. It is a police drama set in the 1980s in Romania um, that was made as communist propaganda against the United States, against capitalism. So the heroes are communists, the villains are Americans and capitalists. Um, it wasn't actually made in the 80s. It was made today to appear as though it was an 80s set cop drama, though these shows did actually exist. These right. programs did exist. In type programs of this these type. Kind, yes, these kind of programs. This one was written specifically uh, to be a, a, a satire of sorts uh, a, and a reframing of your perspective in terms of what propaganda can do and the power of it. And it's also just really funny. And the biggest tie-in, now that I've listed all of the things that probably made you go, what the heck has been talking This sounds about, like a boring history lesson type dealy. Is the Channing Tatum's in it, guys. Woo! Channing Tatum, Joe Scorin-Levitt. Uh, a bunch of other people. Ma- Mahershala Ali. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of great people dub the voices in the show. Right. So they shot the show with Romanian actors speaking in Romanian. And then it is dubbed with American voice actors like Channing Tatum, Joe Gordon-Levitt, etc. Um, it's 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 a fascinating show. Mm-hmm. I uh, I will have more online about it shortly, but uh, I would strongly encourage you to sample it if you have Amazon. Yeah, I am very excited about checking this one out. I think it sounds brilliant. It's 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 different. <laughs> uh, but Liz, what was the best thing you watched last week? Oh, I mean, Ryan Hansen was really good. Um, I really enjoyed that. And uh, I also, um, I'd already seen a little bit of it, but yeah, what would Diplo do? I'm in a meta comedy mood, guys. I, I, like, I like to watch the people make fun of themselves. What can I say? But what would Diplo do? Uh, I found pretty delightful. I think, like, it's, it's a surprisingly smarter and better made show than you might expect uh, with a lot of really with a lot of with a really great performance by James Vanderbeek at its center. So, if you didn't get a chance showrunner and star showrunner, he just decided he wanted to be a showrunner, and it's like it's really fun. So if, if you were like a big Don't Trust to Be in Apartment Twenty Three fan, you should watch this. Like it's 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 James Vanderbeek playing Diplo. He's not playing himself, but there's a very much that's so same sort of tone to it. It's really interesting. Uh, ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? I was trying to think of something new coming out in August that I'm excited to sample. Uh, but I think I, I am just going to say Twin Peaks. I um, have been discussing it quite a bit lately. I've just happened to be able to talk to some people who have been keeping up with it. I actually met the first person in my, like, this this year since it's been airing. I've met, I met the first person in real life who's not, like, a critic or in the industry or whatever who's watching it uh, <laughs> and enjoying it. And they said something to the, the, the effect of, it's really, really good if they get baked before they check it out. Um, and I actually don't Maybe. think that is a criticism or, like, a negative It o- expands your mind, man. Yeah, I think, I, I think that you could appreciate a lot of what goes on in Twin Peaks if you were in an altered state. But uh, it still remains... 
the most surprising and enjoyable hour of TV for me this year. So. I'm going to catch up. Liz is on a mission. Liz is on a mission. I hear there are things. I hear there are reasons. I hear episode 12. Actually, every every Monday you found a different reason to be like, Liz, you should really catch up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will. I will. <laughs> I, even with episode 12, which wasn't one of the better episodes of the season... Um, there are things. There's there's enjoyable. There's just very enjoyable moments. Uh, there's stuff that you can really appreciate. Uh, at least I think if you have the patience for it, and it's it is trying patience. That's fine. Though. Yeah. Uh, rewarding rewarding that patience, I think, is uh, has made up for any lack of. Like, there's good balance. All right, Liz, what are you looking forward to? Um, we just got access to a couple of different Fox Fall pilots that I'm excited about. Um, where I'm when I say excited, I mean I'm. Very excited to find out whether or not they hold together. Uh, but uh, the Orville, which is uh, Seth MacFarlane's "Don't Call It a Comedy" sci-fi adventure show, which um, is very interesting. Uh, very interesting. It's an hour-long uh, sci-fi action, uh, sci-fi show that they are saying not call. They are kind of trying to push away from the idea that it's a comedy, even though it stars and is created by Seth MacFarlane. But it's. Think Star Trek, but a little bit wackier. It's a half hour, isn't it? No, it's an hour. It's an hour long. It's an hour long show. Dear God, um, I'm pre- like ninety percent sure about that. It, but yeah, it's an but it's an hour long. We have three episodes of that to watch um, before certain TCA events, and then also there's, uh, and then also there's uh, uh, the Gifted. Um, which is uh, the latest Matt Nix's Matt Nix who created uh, Burn Notice. He is doing. He get. He's getting a spin in, within the X Men universe, similar to how Noah Hawley got to make Legion. Um, and this is going to be for Fox. It's basically a family drama. Uh, and I've only seen the trailer, and the trailer, the, like the extended like upfront trailer, didn't make any sense to me. But I feel like that's just a problem with the trailer not being great. And I feel like I, I'm hoping that watching the actual show will hold together. I think the trailer just tried to do too much, and the, so hopefully, like the actual pilot tells a coherent story. So looking forward to those just to see how they are. I'm optimistic about both of them because that's just my personality. I mean, Tyra's in the Orville, so... Yeah, Tyra is in the Orville, so that's a good reason. Tyra Collette. Lover. Star of Friday Night Lights. Indeed. Um, Real name eluding me. <laughs> Adrian Palicki. There it is. Uh, one t- Almost Wonder Woman. She was for... Have you ever seen that pilot? I've seen enough of it. It's so bad. It's not good. It's not good. She starts a Facebook page, and her only Facebook friend is her cat. <laughs> Did not see that part. Oh, man, Ben, that's the best part. Mm. Um, anyways, mm. um, the point is you can read all about all of this and more on IndieWire.com, where there will be news, reviews, interviews, features as well. Uh, and if you want to listen to other IndieWire podcasts, similar, nay, I say better than this one, uh, make sure you listen to Turn It On with our own Michael Schneider, as well as the Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast with Chris O'Fault, and the one that started it all, Screen Talk with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn. Indeed. You can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. That's correct. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We will be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys... (laughs) Maybe we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Mm. (laughs) We'll be back next week in some form or another. And in the meantime, you guys... Keep watching television.